Welcome to the Wanting to Wealthy podcast, where we approach financial education in unconventional ways. My name is Ashley Hogan, and if you are looking for a different path to reach your financial goals, you are in the right place. Let's get started. In this episode, I really want to talk about eating local. Um, We have talked about having to eat within a certain type of diet before on this podcast, but not just money in general around food. It's something that we have to purchase and consume every single day. And um, it can be a huge chunk of our budget. And so when I first moved in with my now husband, um, we had a challenge because he was not taught how to cook growing up. And so if it came out of a box and had directions, that was the only way he knew how to cook it. Um, And his food bill was like $400 a month for just him. And we were in college, and that was not a reasonable amount of money to spend on um, food for him at the time. And so I challenged him that I could feed us both for $150 a month. And um, I did this for about two months, but what we found was that we were eating a lot of very processed things, things with lots of preservatives, um, things that just weren't really super healthy for us, but they were cheap. And um, then I have a second story for you. When I was uh, a few years ago, um, one of the companies I work with uh, had a new CEO come in and that CEO was helping do a weight loss program at the corporate office. And he went to the corporate cafeteria and he asked why he asked, why were the burritos the thing that most people ate? And the response was because they were least expensive. So what he did was he actually increased the price on those and it decreased the salad bar to 99 cents a plate. When that happened, people started losing weight simply because they went for the least expensive choice. So there's lots of different impacts when it comes to how we eat and what we eat, where, um, both environmental, uh, on our pocketbook, as well as how it can help others, and then ultimately our health benefits as well. And so I just wanted to explore that a little more in this episode. So... Um, first and foremost, my thought is eating locally. So what does eating locally mean? To me, that means the food is sourced as closely as possible to where you live. So if you live in a place where you can have your own garden or your neighbor has a garden or there's a community garden in the town next to where I live, um, there's a community garden that everybody uh, in this small community can be a part of. And um, everybody contributes a little bit, and then everybody can pick veggies and fruits directly out of that garden. It's a great, great source of food and um, cost-effective as well. Um, another, if, if you can't get it directly from you or a neighbor or a community garden, um, maybe it's a um, 
farmer's market. And that's going to be people really within your local community, maybe 20, 30 miles away. And then from there, as we start going to mom-and-pop stores and mom-and-pop restaurants, out to chain stores and chain restaurants, the food starts coming from further and further and further away. And that does a few things. Um, One is that um, the further the food comes away, typically speaking, there's more preservatives. Whether it's a piece of fruit that has wax on it because it needs to get from South America to the United States or Australia to the United States or whether it is something that's in a plastic wrapper in a box and have has a four-year shelf life, um, there's more preservatives in the product. Okay, and it also then creates a larger carbon emission because you're paying for that food to travel a much longer distance um, than what it would otherwise. So you're not worried about multiple transports um, between the field and the farmer, the farmer and the distributor, the distributor and customs, customs and the distributor in the United States, um, and then the distributor to the grocery store, and then from your grocery store to your house. Um, that's a lot of carbon emissions that goes along with it and a lot of fuel. Um, and and so taking it back to a local standpoint, um, you're literally going to spend less money on fuel if you're buying stuff that's closer to you. Um, you're going to have fresher produce that is going to end up with um, – better quality for you, um, it is going to be fresher picked, it is going to be seasonal, and um, and it's going to have um, vitamins and minerals that are produced right in your area, as well as um, better accountability because you can see exactly where the product's being grown. For example, there is a blueberry farm. There's a couple blueberry farms right down the road from our house. I drive by it every day. So if I want to go get more blueberries than what my blueberry plants produce, rather than going to the store, I can go to the blueberry plant that's down or the blueberry um, farm that's down the road, and I know where they're producing their fruit from. Um, and uh, another factor to that, when it helps uh, in a way that it helps the environment, is it reduces waste. Um, if there is less packaging, we're going to throw less away. Um, and, and as well, if it's packaging that can be recycled, we're going to be spending less on recycling. If uh, we're going to be spending less on fuel, as I mentioned before. So how it helps our packet, pocketbook is the same way it's going to help our environment and um, it will also help us with our health and help others. So I'm going to talk about health, and then I will talk about a list of things that it helps with our with our finances. Um, I already mentioned pesticides and preservatives. There's less in them, so you're not putting them in your body. Um, it's going to have improved food safety because there's just less people handling your food, so you can you can track down foodborne illnesses faster. Um, so less people, if there is a foodborne illness, are being affected by it. 
and it's easier to know, okay, I got this from this place, therefore this is probably where the illness came from if that's a thing that happened. Um, I already talked about it, it, it um, being something, if you're eating locally, that encourages eating both seasonally and a well-balanced diet because you um, are only going to be eating what is in existence in your area in that particular moment in time. So one of the restaurants that my family and I love to go to in Albany is called Homegrown Organ Foods, and they get all of their um, produce and meat from local sources. And so things change. We don't get squash in springtime because most of the squash is really, really good in um, the fall. And we don't get a bunch of kale in December because kale is better in the summer and late fall. Um, and we get more, you know, corn in the fall and more asparagus and Brussels sprouts. Well, Brussels sprouts are good now, but asparagus is coming into season here in the next month in the Pacific Northwest. So the foods on their menu shift with what is available at the time. Um, and what this means is if we're eating things with less preservatives, if we're eating things with less pesticides, if we know where our food is coming from, so if there's a health and safety issue, we can track it down quickly, um, is we're spending less on medical care. We're spending less on um, diet programs because we're eating a lot of things with extra salts and preservatives and stuff like that. We are spending less um, trying to educate and, and help our children learn what good food is for us. Um, I know that there are many, many, many picky eaters out there, and I am very, very blessed not to have a picky eater. Um, I do have to remind him when we are standing in our garden that he can't um, eat the green blueberries or he needs to rinse off the tomatoes before he eats them because he will sit there and eat them off the vine. Um, I was digging up potatoes this summer, and I'm not kidding you, he was sitting in the raspberry section and ate all of the raspberries <laughs> off the vine. Because they were there and they're delicious and and they're something that he can see exactly where the food comes from. And he's not asking me for candy because he'd rather go sit in the raspberry bush and eat the raspberries or the blueberries. So we get to give our kiddos things that are better for their bodies, um, which promotes lifelong health, which then promotes less money being spent on health care. Um, as well as it working as um, a form of exercise because if you're growing your own food, you're out in the garden, you're working, um, and trust me, there was a lot of sweat equity into our garden, um, which I'll talk about here in a minute. And um, it's a form of science for the kiddos. Um, and you, like, everything we did in our garden this year was an experiment. If uh, If I got potatoes cool if I got cucumbers cool and there were some things that I didn't get and there were some things that I did get um but I learned a ton and my son was there helping me the whole time so not only was he learning about how the soil works when we put stuff in the compost pile and then put the compost pile back into the garden and then we get food from the garden and then we can then bring it in and cook it or preserve it 
but um, he also got to say different things that he wanted to try and make or try and grow and how those worked for us. And um, so it was a form of schooling for him that he got to do these um, science experiments. Um, so, so going more into how the finances are related to our local eating, local food can cost a lot less because we don't have to pay for those transport fees I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Um, fresher produce means we can throw away less. If we're literally going and picking six tomatoes off the vine because that's how many we need for dinner, they're not sitting in the back of our fridge getting forgotten about that we have to throw away in two weeks because they're mushy and nasty, right? Um, if you grow your own food, it can cost way less. So the example that I have is we spent $100 on starts. Um, we did this for uh, – my original goal, because we were supposed to work with another couple of families, was it was going to feed seven adults and three kids. Um, and so $100 in starts. And we ended up giving food to at least five other families besides just our own. So we ended up um, feeding one kid and five adults off of this, as well as giving food to five other families. So that's food that they used that they didn't have to pay for. Um, We stored food in the freezer. We canned. We dried food in the um, dehydrator. uh, And we weren't paying for any sort of gym membership because we were out there every single day weeding and harvesting and planting and watering and things like that. Um, my son got to learn about growth cycles. He got to learn about how the sun um, changes over the course of the day and helps the different plants. Where we laid things out in our garden was related to how the sun, how long the sun was going to hit it. Um, we got to look at watering uh, systems. We got to look at what things were ready to eat first, how different things grew. Um, we had stuff that we had way too much of, like um, cucumbers. So we have pickles and relish uh, for probably the next two years. So I'm not doing any um, cucumbers next year. We have salsa and tomato sauce that we canned. Um, we have frozen blueberries and frozen zucchini, and we still got squash and potatoes in our cold store. And so he was also able to learn where things grew. The tomatoes were in tires because they like the heat versus the potatoes, which I had to dig up out of the ground. And he saw the different sizes in potatoes on the parts of the ground that were more compact versus the parts of the ground that were looser soils. Um, and we, on top of all of those, we get to give these gifts to other people. Um, not only the fresh food that we gave, but we can also give, um, relish and tomato sauce and salsa as gifts to people throughout this holiday season. So that saves us money and it puts it in a position where people, um, are getting consumables, which if you're uh, familiar with my gift-giving episode, we really talk a lot about 
giving experiences and consumable products as opposed to something that somebody's going to have to set down and take care of. Um, so giving them food is a great way. They're, it's going to cut down their costs as well um, if they don't have to buy um, food for, say, a salsa night or um, a spaghetti night because they've already got the salsa and the spaghetti sauce there for you uh, that you can for them. Um, and it reduces waste um, because we are preserving the food in a variety of ways. There's less just going into the trash. And if there's less going into the trash, there's less trash disposal we have to pay for. And if there's less trash disposal we have to pay for, maybe we could get a smaller trash bin and save some money each month. Um, and those are just ways it's going to help your personal pocketbook. And this doesn't mean that you have to do your own garden and you have to eat it every day and you don't get anything from the grocery store or anything like that. This is just simply the idea that you can reduce always being dependent on a grocery store, um, always being dependent on someone else uh, for your food sources. And so that goes into how eating, eating locally helps other people. Um, I've said before on several of my episodes that we vote with our dollars. So if we hand our dollar to a big retail shop, that is showing that retail shop and other people that you didn't buy from who you want to support financially. And whether this is a big box store from uh, back east or whether this is a local co-op or a employee-owned store from the Pacific Northwest, it doesn't matter where we spend our dollars, whether we spend them at a certain place or not makes an impact for both the place that we spent it and the place that we didn't spend it. So being very conscious about how we're spending our money um, because it can help the local economy. It can help your local farmers. Your local farmers set up uh, a booth at the farmer's market so they can bring money into their home so they can either A, provide more food for you, B, um, purchase things for their family, or C, um, stay in business. And, and stay one of those small farmers that are producing better quality food for us than big commercial industrial farming facilities. Um, this means that workers are better paid. And I didn't go into um, it when we were talking about how it helps the environment, but there is a huge uptick in seeing places, um, for example, chocolate bars showing that they are fair trade or a fair farm, fair wage. This means that people are who are harvesting them, if you if you are buying something from um, Africa or um, South America or whatever, the people harvesting the fruits and vegetables that you're eventually consuming, you pay higher amounts for a fair trade item, and that means that their family isn't starving because they were paid fair wages for the work they did, or you pay lower amounts, and that financial dollar vote goes to show we'd rather have cheap 
then we would rather make sure that these people are paid well. Um, so buying locally also helps pay local workers. Maybe this local worker, if you're buying money from, or if you're buying food from the farmer's market and the farmer is coming home and they have enough money to feed their family and keep their farm going, maybe they're going to give their worker away, a raise. Or maybe they're going to give their workers some of that leftover produce. So that helps their workers' um, financial stability at their home as well. Um, you can reduce taxes for other. Transport taxes are a thing. So if we if we're buying more locally, farmers are not paying for transport taxes and other fees, which means they get to keep more money in their pockets as well. Um, we're keeping the money in our community to reinvest in our community. Um, I promise you that if we're looking at a Fortune 500 grocery store, it's not going back into our community. But if we are looking at a uh, a farmer's market, the co-op in Corvallis, um, a local restaurant where the people buy locally, when, when you buy food at the co-op in Corvallis, for example. That money is going directly into the pockets of people within our community who are then going to spend money with other people within our community who are then going to spend money with other people within our community. So it's cyclical that we share the wealth in our area, it comes back to help us tenfold. Maybe the person that you bought from at the farmer's market then needs a service that you provide. And because you bought from them and they know you and you're in the same community together, they then go and ask you for your service. So the money you spent on food at their farmer's market stand comes right back to you via the service that you provide. So I say all of these things to say we vote with our dollars and we show people whether we're purchasing from them or we're purchasing from someone else what we think via our dollars. And while we can help others with our money, we can also help ourselves. And part of that is eating um locally as possible, and that does not mean that everyone has to start a backyard garden, but it does mean that I ask you each to think about where you're spending your money, and as we go into the holiday season, same thing applies. Um, This is coming out right after Black Friday weekend, and um, many of you will have already spent money, and many of you will have thought about it before you spent the money, of who you were going to spend it with. And many of you will do better next time because it will be brought to your attention of being very intentional with how we spend our dollars and how it helps not only those of us in our community, but our own line items within our budget coming all the way back around to the money flowing back into your family because other people in the community are voting with their dollars to support you. Have a safe and thoughtful holiday season. 
thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Wanting to Wealthy podcast. I appreciate your support and listenership more than I can express. I would love to continue the conversation on Instagram and Facebook at Wanting to Wealthy. Send me a DM with your questions, suggestions, things you are taking from this episode, or things you would love to hear in a future episode. You can show further support by posting a screenshot of yourself listening to the podcast, sharing with a friend, and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support the podcast with a financial contribution, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month over on patreon.com slash wanting to wealthy. Patrons receive early access to courses, discounts to programs, live Q&A, and extra unedited audios. My ultimate goal for the Patreon is to start a scholarship fund to help more people access financial education. Again, thank you so much for your support. You are amazing, and I will see you next time.